Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George, he's on the highway to hell, full, and now the dead walk the earth. Mm. Hell is full. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah. I bought the (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. Hell is full, so the dead walk the earth. So George, we've really come full circle today. We've had you watch Night of the Living Dead. From 68, we've had you watch Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and a couple in between that had a little something to do with the Romero Dead series. And tonight, mm-hmm. we just had you watch Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead, 1990. Yes. Are your brains still yeah. intact in your skull? Oh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, no bullet wounds? No. No, no. No bites? No infections? No. No, no, no. Still got a pulse? My my mind wasn't blown. No. It's not a mind-blowing movie. Whoa. But wait. This is No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not okay. going to say no. No, no, no. My mind isn't blown. But like my god, if this wasn't the best zombie movie we've watched thus far. So far. It is Yes. Oh, is he laughing? Yes. <laughs> I guess yeah, okay. Cool. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you uh, next week for whatever movie we're watching. George liked this one. So So good. My work here is done. I think it was, for me, it was the infancy that we've been talking about. Like, we were trying to work our way to Walking Dead. This was the first zombie movie that I watched as a serious movie. I've seen Return. I've seen Mm -hmm. Dawn, Day. They always seemed kind of... I don't want to say hokey, but they always seem kind of far-fetched, almost like Lampoon. Yeah. This, they took a serious approach. It's still written by George Romero and yeah. John, John Russo. They're still involved. And it's, it's, everything, it, it seems like almost everything that I was sitting here having a problem with when I was watching the original was fixed. Was fixed. Everything. And what's funny is they do some of the same things that aggravated me, but it didn't aggravate me. Yeah, like this, like using tools, tools like trying right. to break the window with a brick. It, you know, it's kind of like I kind of thought I was like, okay, well, that was in the original, so I'm like, oh, there's a lot of homages. I'm gonna, in this movie. <laughs> I'm gonna let it, I'm gonna let it slide because this is a remake of a movie that you some know, of it frame by frame, like yeah, line but, by line. But um, but yeah, just like I mean, let's let's talk about it. Like this, the scene. When the little girl, what was the little girl's name? Sarah? Sarah. When Sarah bit her mother Mm. instead of stabbing her with... But you still get the trowel. You still get the trowel, Mm -hmm. right? You get the blood splatter on the trowel, but Savini doesn't go there. Right. Right, where the original went. And I'm so, so glad that he fixed that. What's funny is that I brought up before... The Walking Dead is basically people my age that have seen all these movies and they're kind of doing their own version but trying to fix some things that they might have had a problem with. Mm-hmm. That's what I saw this movie as. Like Tom Savini was like, okay, I wanted to work on the original, but I couldn't because he got you know he got drafted. So he was in Vietnam as a photographer, so he couldn't work on the original. So he got his final chance to do something with it and instead he was able to direct. So he just took all the things that, even even the one zombie using a brick to get in through the window, it still was fixed because to me, it looked 
primal. It yeah. didn't look calculated. Yeah. It looked like it was almost like in- instinctual. Yeah, apes use tools. Yeah. You know? And I was fine with that. That yeah. d- didn't bother me at all. But if they start knocking out headlights and stuff and, you know, fiddling with keys and calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> Send more cops. Send more cops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's when I start get, or, or looking down the barrel of an M60. Yeah. You gotta um, let that go, man. You gotta let it go. I know, go. <laughs> I know. It's it sat with me. It definitely sat with me. But I guess what do we go back to the beginning? Because they kinda did almost the exact same thing where Barbara is Barbara. And Barbara was directed much, much better, better this time. Yeah. Yes. And uh It was a different era. Her guys. Brother. Different era. Yes, yes. And they and, and I saw a documentary where she did hit hit on that. She said, you know, it's kind of that time of empowerment and, you know, you have the Sigourney Weaver and the, uh, you know, the Sarah Connors. Yes. And all. Yeah. So that's totally, exactly how I saw her. Yeah. They totally movie. went that way. With the it. Murphy yeah. Browns. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> Murphy Brown. Yeah. Ally McBeal. Ah, but I mean, there, there's still things wrong with it that I could find. Why? But, I mean, Why would it, you even look? Why do you always look for no, what's no, wrong no, no, no. with these I lo- movies? I love this movie. I love this movie. But watching it n- last night, trying not to watch it through the eyes of George, <laughs> <laughs> and just trying to... I sat with my son and I watched it because he watches Walking Dead now. So I figured, all right, I'll let him watch it. See if he's... Kind of use him as a barometer of you because that's his only frame of reference is the show as well right and he was he was jumping at the right times he was reacting at the right times and you know he loved it so i was like okay here's a 30 year old movie and it it i would say it holds up yeah somehow somehow savini still managed to surprise you you know yeah and you knew the story you knew everything was going to happen right yeah but he still surprised you like you know the guy that to in the graveyard that throws you off Mm -hmm. and then you know, like that right in the beginning, you're like, oh, okay. And the, oh, it's and just then, an old man. He's yeah. He's not a like, wait, yeah. wait, what the heck is going on here? And then boom. And then um, his decision to have uh, like zombies coming through the windows as they're trying to board up mm-hmm. was really good. It adds some tension that was yep. missing in the other movies. Yep. And how everyone, like everyone pitched into like basically board up a window at a time. Mm-hmm. Like they were like did three people hammering one person holding. Holding the zombie back, you know, um, that was cool. I liked how he fixed the problem that I had with the key. Do you remember the key? The gas pump key. Yes. Yeah. Like the key. I was like the key. The key. The key was there the whole time. <laughs> the key was down in the basement the whole time. Right. It was like, and that's why he laughs. You know, and <laughs> well, in in this one, it's not just like, oh, there's this key ring downstairs. Right. It's like you, you know, in the first one, I was like, why didn't like see what these keys do like <laughs> let's try them out this is like the first like we got to do this right so you know they didn't do that in the first movie and in this uh, in this one they he made it he made it good they, they're like oh check you know that that guy that zombie guy that we put him outside he probably has the keys in his pocket mm-hmm. so they go out there and they have a well they doubled down on it because they basically found keys took them to the pump and they didn't work right right great fantastic (laughs) now you have a reason to start a fire at the pump right right um by dumb it's just yeah a passionate impulsive response like darwinism (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
What, to shoot the lock off of a gas tank? <laughs> I mean, passion but, and, and impulse. What can I we know, say? But I, I Panic, panic, pressure. panic. I much prefer the way that that unfolded. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, Ben finds the key in the basement at the very end and laughs because right. what else can you do, can you do? at that point? Um, it was it, the way it unfolded this time as opposed to the original was much, 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 much better. Yeah, it was more thought. Much improved. And the whole uh, Barbara being catatonic for a couple minutes. And I love totally Barbara's character. Getting her shit together. Yes. And then the, the girlfriend becomes the Barbara from the original movie. Yes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. And then she, throughout the movie, becomes Sarah Connor, basically. Yep. And that's why I love. I think the scene that made me fall in love with it is obviously the scenery, but the one moment I would say is when she, when she's looking out the window, she's like, they're so slow. They're so slow. We can run right past them. Right. And we're all thinking that we're thinking that for 35 years (laughs) and she's finally, she's finally saying it. We can run right past them. And then when she gets outside, that real moment is when she, she does that. Oh God. Like she's just like, they're just walking at her and she's just kind of pushing it. And she realizes that she's all those people died for no reason. They could have mm. walked through the farmlands and gotten out of there. I, I just love that. Because that's it, they are so damn slow. Well, I don't know, because I don't know if they could have all just gotten out of there and if you work together. I mean, you know from The Walking Dead. Right. If you're if you're um what's the word? If you're planned. And you're strategic, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, I I get it. And that was the whole commentary of this, the original, and this is that people don't work together when they're not working together. Like they just they <laughs> that Mr. Cooper was the wrench in that. Oh, dude, the Mr. whole time, Mr. Cooper needed to fantastic die. for performance <laughs> in this. By the way, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about the end of this, like. Because it turned her into a murderer? No. No, I was... That was very satisfying. Okay. Uh, I'm not worried about that. Because he caused... He, he killed he, everybody. Yeah, he caused <laughs> everything. So, yeah. so yeah. Off him. Um, I don't care about that. I don't know. It's just... The ending is so, so, so different from the original. Um, it's a different time. It, it kind of makes it just a completely different movie almost. Well, I think the commentary is different. There's no, there's no racial overtones. There's no, I mean, there are there because it's a remake of the original. Mm-hmm. And you have like a, by that time, it's not really unheard of to have a black male as the leading. You right. Know, it the, was 1990, right? Right. So yeah. it's, it's normal. Right. So they couldn't really do that whole thing, the, you know, the good old boys outside doing it. Like, they, they were still doing that, but they kind of changed that a little bit. Yeah. They already changed Barbara. They changed Cooper. And then making Ben dead still ruins the hope that you might have had. And still makes it kind of disgusting that the outcome, no matter what, it still sucks. Well, and it raises a really interesting technical question about these zombies. Because never in the movie that we ever do we ever see Ben exposed to any zombie bites or any zombie fluids in a way that would lead to him right to become a zombie. So, and he's the only well, one down there, the, right? So, I mean, are mm-hmm. we to believe then? Are we to understand then that whatever this phenomena is, 
it isn't necessarily viral because he dies of a gunshot wound and still comes back as one of the Walking Dead. So now we've got to look at what? Radiation again? Hmm. Just bad luck? You know what? What's funny is I knew he died from the gunshots and became a zombie, but I never, ever, ever thought to myself that connection that he was never bit. I mean, they touch on that on the show, but that's never been in question with this movie. Like, no one's ever said, well, he was never bit. Right. Because that, that's like the big, one of the big reveals is we're all infected. So that's never been said in any other movies that you're going to get, you're going to have it anyway. You're going to turn anyway, whether you're bit. Yeah. You know, scratched. I think I didn't even notice that. Um, I didn't notice that the fact that he became a zombie, even though he wasn't bit because I'm so used to the walking dead where you change when you die. Yeah. It's this, yeah. this, it's this, I guess it's this viral thing in the walking dead where, you know, everybody like it, it spreads to everybody. Right. So everybody has it. Every living person has this disease that when right. they die triggers it. It trigger like yeah, they they become reanimated. And so and that's like a big reveal, I think, in like season at the end of season two, I think. Two, yeah. Where where Rick, you know, knew since the C D C since working with Doctor Jenner, I think his name yeah. was. Where Doctor Jenner told him that everyone was infected, but he only told Rick. Right. Right. So, and then Rick had to break it to everybody, but that. That we're, we're all infected. We're all infected. Yeah. So I didn't even think that because Me it's neither. been part of my, <laughs> my zombie, you know, vernacular. Yeah. You know, that is like, so oh yeah, if everyone's infected. So now that's one of those things that when we finally get Robert Kirkman on the show, we can say, was that your influence was this remake? To do that in the he'll comics. Prob- yeah. He'll probably be like, nah, you're looking nah. way too far into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's from Bad Chicken. Us? The remedial film <laughs> class would, looking too far into something? I don't believe it nah. for a second. <laughs> anyway, everybody knows that Night of the Living Dead 1990 is a direct sequel, unacknowledged to The Walking Dead at Manchester Morgue and the Radiate. Oh, no. Never mind. No. Not the case. It's not. Uh, uh, space radiation, boys. Space radiation. Makes me want to have Eugene rattle off two pages of dialogue about radiation from a satellite. Me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Oh, man. What about you, Dan? I love the How movie. How did you feel about it? I thought it was awesome. I think it's the only way that you can remake this movie. Like, I don't think we ever yes. need another remake of Night of the Living Dead because it cuts out the politics, but in a way that it doesn't, like, neuter the story. Mm-hmm. You know, certain remakes of movies will try to like excise all the social commentary and what you're left with is just like an action movie with chainsaws and a bus full of people with chainsaws. Like it's just yeah, not they the take same. The, they take the heart out of it. They take the thought out of it. Yeah. And this one, that. it takes the the thought out of it only so far as the context of the time that the first one was made. It doesn't try to like drag that 30 years forward and right. make the same well, movie in the 90s. And I think that's the right th- move. I think what they successfully do is they, the original does a commentary on, you know, human relations in that kind of environment. This movie removes, like you said, the politics of it, but people are still people. Indeed. And people, and people are shitty. No matter what color you are, no matter what gender you are, they're shitty. 
and you can find the shitty ones in tense situations. Period. It's a tale so as it old really as time. <laughs> exactly. So you almost know who's on your apocalypse team based on you know how they deal with situations. You know what's funny is there's a part in Walking Dead where Shane, who's the head case, he does a mo- he has a moment where he's trying to show other people that these things are dead. And he's shooting him in the chest, and he's like, why is he still coming at me? Yes. Bang, bang. Look at him. If he was alive, would he still be coming at me? <laughs> bang, bang, bang. And he keeps shooting him. And then I that's know where, where they got that idea. That, yeah, that's where she did. She When she did that, it's the first time I realized. That's Shane. That's totally Shane. Yeah. She's like, why is she still coming? I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to shave her head. Um, <laughs> she didn't have far to go. But it was great. No, no. And I met her. She, uh, she, she's an she's a interesting person. She's a. I really loved her character arc. Yeah, I really did. I like the Ben character too. I oh mean, my gosh, they, Tony he, Todd, I, man, Tony yeah. Todd. If oh. I say his name one more time, he's gonna show up on our podcast. Tony Todd. Boo, who you coo? Listen to Candyman. Come with me and be immortal. Travis, this has been booked by your good friend Dan. He tells me that you're a huge fan of Night Living Dead, Tom Savini style. That was my first introduction to horror. I'll never forget it. And I'll never forget, I was working on a film with Forrest Whitaker, and he told me that they were remaking the original. And he said, you know, you and Dwayne resemble each other. So Saturday was my day off, and ran over there. I saw Tom, he said, no, 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 I've already cast it. And I said, well, let me give a crack at it. And I literally put my hands on his shoulder firmly but gently put him down and read a monologue from the piece. Next Monday I had the job. So thank you for your love of horror. Thank you, Dan, for booking this for Travis. And you guys have a fantastic summer. <laughs> George, George doesn't, doesn't get that can- joke yet. Candyman is. Do you know who Candyman is? Yeah. Okay. Well, he's Candyman. I won't say it a third time. But, um, yeah, he's, Wait, he, he added so much to that part. The, the, the actor that played... Tony Todd Benjamin? Is, is Candyman. No, actually, Zombie Ben, it's part of his backstory. He ends up in the projects in Chicago right after this movie, and then... <laughs> mm-hmm. No, it's it's the same actor, no. dude. But he's phenomenal. Like, Oh, I actually don't know Candyman. I lied. Yeah, I didn't think he did. It's a good movie. We'll he's, watch it someday. Yeah, we'll definitely watch it. I was thinking I was confusing him with, like, Bloody Mary. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. A little yeah. different. Kind of the same. A little different. But even like every every line, he's actually the uh, great example of the things that I've always been talking about. Like you have these lines, there's words on the page. Mm-hmm. How you say them determines whether you're an okay actor, a good actor, or an, a great actor. I mean, he said a lot of the same lines that the Ben from the original says, but mm-hmm. they were almost like they were spoken volley style in the original movie. The, there was some acting going on, but it was pretty much just dialogue. Yes. There's so much weight behind the same lines. Yes. That I was just like, oh, yes. I, I, I remember spe- like specifically the, the back and forth between him and Cooper where I th- the line is something like, if you want to be in charge, you can be in, like, you can be in charge of down there. I'm in charge, charge of up, up here. here. Right. That's the line that I was line about to say. That line was <laughs> delivered way different mm-hmm. and it's the same time. line it's the same line. same line it's beautiful this time because mm-hmm. he's basically saying like that d- downstairs the basement the dungeon your dungeon like yeah go there you're, you're in charge you go there <laughs> you be in charge there he was right. like basically 
Yeah. Yeah, you're I'm in charge up here. Yeah. But it was like that that like punctuation. The, like, the ups, like the upstairs was better. It was the more reasonable place to be. Right. And you're an idiot. Go be in charge of your idiotic place. I'm in charge here. Like it was He was so smarmy. Yeah. I think the big question is, was he taking that TV downstairs? No, oh, he was totally taking that TV downstairs. <laughs> I almost I almost rewound it. I was like, I don't like, know. I don't know, because he's right. He might not get reception down there. Maybe he was just checking if he got but reception. I think he was down lying. There. He was just, just lying. A Cooper's smarmy a scumbag. bastard. Yeah. yeah. Another one for the fire. <laughs> Another one for the fire. No, that's right. Hell of a use like of a line. He... Oh my god. Yes. Like this I like that. you know, there are movies that are remakes that you wish had never happened. This mm-hmm. is one of the ones Psycho. that I'm glad that it happened because it it's a, like a masterclass in using the same pieces as the first one and in a completely different way, right? But still mm-hmm. impactful and in a way that tells an audience that knows the other movie as well as Travis and I do, like, I see you, fam, but like, mm-hmm. you didn't think I could get away with it and I just used the line and it still hit. You did it. I did it. We did it together. Yeah, when he when he said that line, it's like it's like you're hearing it for the first time. So good, so good. Like I I, I equate this kind of remake to I don't want to try to equate it to a musical or a theater in any way, but that's how I can judge a a good show is when they have a reprise or a uh, revival mm-hmm. of a show. Like you get when the revival is better than the original on Broadway. It just it just breaks all records and, and becomes a crowd favorite. And people kind of forget so much the original, then the remake becomes the new, you know, the yes. new hotness, you know, yes. the, the Tom Brady. So yes. it's like, with this movie, I don't have to watch the original. This gives me everything the original gives me times 10. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'll watch the original because it's nostalgic and it's classic and it's an icon. I'm glad I watched the original. Yeah. But Definitely. everything that's cool about that movie is done better in this movie. And mm. no fault no fault to George Romero, I think. Because George Romero was involved in both projects, I can say that. Well, you never, ever... I'm trying to think of a single remake I've seen of a, like a flagship movie where the, the original writer wrote the screenplay for the remake. Right. You never see that. That's cool But it's almost hell. like he fixed his problems. He fixed the problems. Well, I don't Romero know if he did. fixed yes. problems yeah. as much as he just had another crack at it, you know? Try it a different but way. But then Tom Savini also gave some input, and he's you hear the the ideas that he brought to the table. Like his idea to have that basically fresh autopsy body in the beginning. That mm. was his idea. He 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 was part of that process yes. where he's he said this would be cool, and this this would tell a story without saying a word. And it's like that's that's the attention to detail that the original they didn't have the budget or the time to really care to do something like that because they knew with a budget like that, they can't do that makeup. They can't do these certain things. So they just kind of do what they have to do. This, I think they had like $53 million to do this movie. So everything is. But you're absolutely, you're absolutely right though, because I, you know, I'm just a casual zombie movie watcher. And I was like, Oh, that guy's just freshly dead. It's like, He's he had an autopsy and the makeup, like they instead of going blue or whatever, they went like that off yellowish, that ruddy yellow, mm-hmm. you know, almost like iodine 
Yep. Stained skin. Yep. Like uh, that detail. jaundiced looking. Ugh. Yeah. And the eyes, the contacts. Like to me, that's, this was the movie I saw that whenever I watch a zombie movie, that's what I expected. And when I didn't see it, I was like, eh. So I think yeah. that's why I had apprehension when it came to the go-to that everybody talks about. I was like, yeah, but I know Savini did this, but yeah, they're blue. They look like Smurfs. Like I had a problem with that because yeah. I had it. I ha- I personally had this as a frame of reference. Yes, yes, I understand that now. And I mean, is- the blue zombies annoyed me too when I watched that, but the story there. The story was fine. The story was was good. I was it, just- it pushed the zombie genre into that survival realm that it never had before. Right. I like that about that movie. I would say my my directing ADD went off the charts during that movie. <laughs> so I'm you. like, okay, there's five zombies standing next to each other and they all look different. In this movie, every <laughs> zombie went to the same zombie acting school, which is good. Apparently. Yeah. Do you know who their coach was? Uh, you don't know. I would guess Savini. The autopsy guy. Oh, the autopsy zombie was yeah. the, uh, the zombie coach? He was the zombie coach. Very good. I found that out. I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to like drop like... Uh, uh, Nicotero. Yeah, or, Nicotero. Yeah. Be like, well, Neeson's <laughs> up all in this movie. Uh, it was Andrew Lincoln. No. Who <laughs> <laughs> was Andrew Lincoln? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to uh, complain about with this one. Dan doesn't think. know who Andrew Lincoln is. I do have one complaint, guys. Uh-oh. There's a scene in this movie that I had to rewind about probably at least four times. And my wife was around. I said, hey, get in here and tell me what the hell's going on. And she's like, oh, my God, what? And we watched it again. She's like, what in the world? I'm going to send you a clip of this movie. And I'm going to tell you, when I first saw this clip, I was like, guys, I don't know what's going on right now. And I thought it was just like, I couldn't tell if it was a joke. Now, my problem was I saw this clip. And then I was like, okay. Pause, rewind, what did I just see? Okay, wait, pause, rewind, what did I just see? If I'd kept watching another, like, 45 seconds, I would have known exactly what the problem was. But what I want you to do is I want you to watch this clip completely as if you don't know what's coming and see why I kept getting hung up on a certain little punctuation at the end of this scene. I want you to stay inside. Keep the rifle. You can't go out without the guns. Look, we have Tom's gun. Now, if something happens, I, I want that rifle in here. I don't want any locked doors in between me and this guy. Oh, for crying out loud. Do you Shut up, Cooper. I don't want to hear another word out of you. The only way I'm going out there is with you and that rifle keeping things straight. Tom, let's go. It's you and me. So he does something, <laughs> and you can't see his hands. You hear a strange noise, and then there's, like, jetsam from his hands. Like, there's stuff. And I'm like, is that? Silly string? Did he just spray silly string? Is this a gag? Am I supposed to laugh at why does he have silly string? And I went back and watched it again and I slowed it down frame by frame. You never see what he grabs. You never see his hands. And at one point I've got it freeze framed and he's like, there's stuff in the air and I can't identify what the silly string looking stuff is. And he's, he's spit as part of the, like his dialogue. So there's like this big, trail of Ew. spit in the air <laughs> headed toward the actress and there's blue like silly string in the air and i was just like honey i don't know what the hell is going on right now like what i'm entertained but i don't know what the hell i'm looking at when i saw that i barely saw it right 
and I thought it was just spit coming out of his mouth. Right. That's. But no, he waves his hand. I don't know if he's maybe fussing with twine or something. So but... he's ripping the towel that he's going to make his torch out of. Oh, but okay. they never established the towel beforehand. They don't establish it in that shot at all. It's completely out of frame. And so if you keep watching uh, in the movie, 30 seconds later, he's got a blue towel wrapped around the like the leg of a table. He's making table his torch. Leg, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, right. okay. Had I watched another 30 seconds, I wouldn't have spent 10 minutes rewinding, play, <laughs> rewinding, play. What the hell is this scene? There was more acting in that exchange of dialogue than in almost half of season one and two <laughs> for our show yeah right it's a good se- tony todd man yeah. holy moly that man is a talented well, he actor. said his name a third time <gasps> uh oh oh shit stay away from the mirror i'm not i'm not in a mirrored room so i'm safe okay my complaint about this movie is the girlfriend like i had to mute the tv gabe gabe kept laughing at me because i was like oh my god she's screaming again like i just <laughs> I'm like, what is her deal? But then I'm like, okay, she's doing damsel shit because Barbara's not doing it this yeah, time. She's, yeah, she's but it's she's damsel. she's hammering at home. She's <laughs> she's at eleven. But she's a pretty good driver, and she goes back <laughs> and gets you know the person who shall not be named because I don't want him to come in and attack me with right. his Candyman powers. We'll, say, we'll say Ben. We'll say Ben. She doesn't go back. The, or does he she just, says, oh shit, oh, and then good. she never goes back. She She's going to she go back, to. but then she doesn't, and that's good because he would have blowed up too. Mm. Right. So right. she's a hero yeah. for not blowing up Tony Todd. Damn it. She's well, the, 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 the truck wouldn't start. Oh. The I cars never me. start in these movies. It started no. one time well, at least. They did explain it. it he was, was low on, on fumes. Gotcha. Right. Whatever. Ish. I mean, uh, that was like my complaint with all the all the Jason movies. I was like, none of these cars ever start. Right. Well, it's a trope. Right. But it's not a trope in this movie. Well, but it was a trope by the time they made this movie. Right. So deal with that, man. No, I thought Shoot. it was. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's built suspense. At least they established that it was low on gas. Do you think it's interesting that this movie is directed by Tom Savini? Has special effects from guys who worked on Day of the Dead and Reanimator, which we didn't watch, mm-hmm. but we should someday. And yet there's like no gore in this whole movie. No, it's like the very beginning with the hand. <laughs> that was almost like an Evil Dead moment. I and mean, George doesn't have that reference, but when she's like trying to shoo the hand into the into his crotch with the, with the <laughs> fire pick poker. I'm like, that is so... Funny, <laughs> but I mean, there's no explodey headshots. There's some very bloodless ones. No. There's no, you know, uh, RoboCop jelly guy getting hit by a car. There's no Ed two hundred nine moment. We just don't have a lot did of film it. gore. They did film it. Oh, it was did cut. they? It was cut. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yes. I bring that up because earlier today on the Twitters, I saw people making a stink asking for release of the Savini cut. Now that we have the Zack Snyder cut of Justice yeah. League. Twitter wants the Savini cut of this very particular movie the night we're recording. It's very strange timing. Yes. It is strange. Hopefully by the time but we yeah. release this episode, we already have that cut available. I I would love to see that Apparently cut. Apparently there there is everything you just mentioned in that that NC seventeen version of this movie. I don't know why we don't have that now. We don't have yeah. standards anymore. Give me the gore. Yeah, right. I mean Give it to me. I know the the uh the bony zombie name it name it the uh bony bald zombie that kind of comes in the door second and sh- that's the one where she's like why is he still coming wait which yeah. one shooting him which one the the one was uh, the one who uh 
the, you know, the, the second one. Mm-hmm. When they let the door drop and the guy falls on the ground, mm-hmm. and then the second zombie does like a reveal, he almost looks like he's a, he looks like a true like voodoo zombie. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's been long dead. Well, she shoots him like five or six times in the torso and then does the headshot. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how many I could get to before you'd acknowledge it. Um, he, that's apparently one of the big headshots. And then the one that was on the ground was another headshot that they cut away on. Like total just splattered all over the floor. I mean, in a lot of ways, it makes it a lot more akin to Night of the Living Dead. So I don't hate it. I don't hate that right. it's goreless. But I would like to see the gore. I like gore. I do feel bad that, that, you know, it's his movie and you know the attention, the detail and his effects and then they cut it. Well, but he wasn't really doing the effects, was he? I mean, it was, he had the other guy. No, but it was his direction and his design. I think he, he, I think he was involved in planning out those shots. You know, guys, it may not have the signature Savini gore, but it does have an excellent Savini move. Now, Tony Todd at the beginning has like a frying pan and he reaches back to swing it and he cracks it against the wall and it makes a huge splatter and shows how like violent the weapon is before he swings it forward and, and tries you know, to hit the zombie. And that's that old Savini trick of show the weapon being forceful in the shot and then cut to the effect so it like transfers that energy to the effect. You see it in Friday 1 when he hits the lady with the axe after having bashed the light. So it's not as gory. But it is a pretty good effect, and it's definitely the Savini signature. I would say that special effects are best when you don't notice them. Mm. Yeah, like when her brother fell on the tombstone, you could tell it was a, d- a dummy. Oh, but the right. impact is so good. But the impact is like, oh. yes, yeah, it's, it's cringy. It's cool. But it, you could tell it was a, it was a rubber Well, dummy. yeah, obviously they're not going to smash a man's head into a rock. <laughs> well, now <laughs> nowadays they would have done it with like a soft, stone to fall on and yeah. he would have really fallen on it and it would looked all fake you'd be like well, it's obviously not a real rock because it's a soft rock <laughs> I'd have made it look real uh, <laughs> alright well after you remake Clerks I want to see Travis oh, yeah, Travis no, hits I his head do... on a big old rock that's what I want I gotta do <laughs> Kevin Smith directs Night of Living Dead <laughs> Travis hits hey his head kids on a big old rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh man call it butt work Hey, does anybody else get like a little bit of a warm, fuzzy feeling at the end of this movie when the helicopter hovers and you see her face as she looks up at it and kind of winces? Because that's your Dawn of the Dead helicopter. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a helicopter at the end of Night of the Living Dead, but they don't emphasize it like they do at the end of this one because it's tying back into Dawn of the Dead in a little stronger way. I always like that part. I go, oh, Dawn of the Dead's next. Yes, I did notice that. It's funny how he, Dan, enjoys these little nods. Mm-hmm. And Walking Dead is full of nods to all his favorite movies. Yeah, he should just watch <laughs> Walking Dead. Like, there's, there's a lot of episodes that I would sit next to George and I would just be nodding my head, yes. Like, yeah, there it is. Oh, I know that zombie from that movie. Like, Nicotero's team would say, okay, we're gonna, we have this featured zombie, we're gonna make him look like Bub. Or this featured zombie looks like uh, Flyboy, like they they do that. So person like you will be sitting there going, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they even did like a Swamp Thing uh, reference because one of the zombies was in the marshes forever, and then started when was kind of triggered and started trying to get up, but he had been laying there so long he was like grown into the trees. Oh, that's cool. And it it was a total Bernie Wrightson 
homage to his artwork of the of the Swamp Thing. So it's like that kind of stuff is not lost on you. So when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, oh yeah. It probably two or three times an episode. Yeah. Dan, Dan wants to come, oh my God, I know what that's from. I know what that's from. Unlike George, who sat there and didn't catch any of it. Yeah, now he has to watch <laughs> The Walking Dead all over again. I might do that, actually. It's it's fun to watch it, like I watched it with Gabe, and not have to worry about breaks. There was no, you know, six months here, and you know, spring break, and you gotta wait till Valentine's Day, like, all that stuff. Just watch them back yeah, to back. You know how, like, some people watch, like, The Office over and over and over and over again. I used to do that, actually, and then they took it off Netflix, and they put it on some other streaming service, which I'm not going to buy. <laughs> and Walking Dead could be that for me, it's, where, where yeah. I just, like, watch it over and over again. I mean, there's some episodes to skip, obviously, but I found that I didn't... I wasn't sick of it when I was watching it with him, even though I knew everything was going to You were watching happen. the entire 10 seasons over again with your son. When I could, yeah. Yeah, and you were, you and could just watch it again. I was enjoying it through him. Yeah. Because he was, he was seeing it for the first time, so when he was having reactions, I was like, oh, yeah, that's good exactly stuff. when you're Dan, supposed to, yeah. it's good stuff, <laughs> it's so good. And I was man. nervous about him watching this movie last night because he has that, you know, because he's a young kid and the first to roll their eyes at anything black and white or roll well, their eyes at anything. I have to confess, I picked up the DVD from your house earlier. And he did tell me that he liked the movie. He told me that when I was, and I said you you just ruined the episode. Yeah, he biased. He said, "I told him, I told him he ruined tonight's episode." He said, uh, "Ruined the science." He said he liked it, and I said, uh, "Cool, don't tell me anything else." There you go. I was shocked that he liked it, so we're good. I'll have to show him a few more. But I'm not surprised that he liked it. I'm not surprised that when when. When I told him what we were watching, he's like, oh, and I said, it's well, quality, man. I said, it's pretty much the first season of Walking Dead at some parts. I said, it's, it's a small scale version of what you watch right now. I said, it's, 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 it's partially just like it. So I think you'll be fine. I he think did. He liked it. The fact that he liked this movie proves that you're teaching him how to appreciate shit. I'm trying. Sounds good. I'm trying. We'll see how he feels about Dawn. I didn't show him any of those. Don't bias him. Just let him watch it. I won't. I won't. You know, one thing that this movie did, there's two, like, two kind of aha moments I had watching the movie today that I, I hadn't had the last time I'd watched this, but I, I don't think I've watched it since high school, so it's been, God, almost 20 years. You're, Gross. You're welcome. Uh, Yeah, thank you. Uh, First <laughs> aha moment, they don't spend nearly enough time, like, fretting about what's happening outside on a global scale. Like they don't really seem as concerned with like whatever is causing it, whatever is happening, this great pandemic slash disaster slash attack. They spend so much more time worried about these specific zombies and then their interpersonal relationships that like it kind of, it falls to third or fourth tier. Like, Oh, by the way, the world is ending, you know, Mm. whereas the, the old one, there's a lot of like huddled around the TV. What are we going to do time? So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they kind of remedied that with Ben telling the story about the diner, which I don't think is in the original. So he kind of talks about it is happening elsewhere. Ben's story in the original had something to do with a truck. Yeah. It wasn't a diner. It was like a truck, you know, 
I think it adds to the claustrophobia of the story. Like everybody knows it's happening everywhere. So to me, the but interesting is story is always the people. I mean, or is it only people. happening in Pittsburgh, and then the army's going to cover it up, and then we go straight to Return of the Living Dead? <laughs> hey, that, to me, that's open to interpretation. To be honest with you, I I thought the same thing. Right. You know, because they didn't talk about it being on a a larger scale. I I thought the same thing. I was like, is this a is this a big thing, or is this the uh, you know just the the Pittsburgh military? And I don't think thing. it's a bad choice. I just think it's interesting. I don't think so either. It's no. fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to me, I think the Sean kind of does it perfectly. It it shows you Sean's life. It shows you his little town. Everything he everything is surrounded around his life. There's a rhythm. There's a it. rhythm to it, and they show like what he does every day, his routines. Mm-hmm. But they also successfully show you tidbits little snapshots of what's going on outside. So you hear the newscasts, you know, about a crashed satellite. You hear little comments. You hear the sirens going when he's having that stupid conversation with the, where he's like, you got red on you. You mm-hmm. know, he's having that conversation with, with Meatloaf, wherever his name was, uh, where he says, there is no I in team, there is an I in meat pie, blah, blah, blah. They're just having this corny <laughs> conversation but in the background, you hear shit going on. You hear sirens. You hear craziness. Yeah. But you're so into his life and what's going on with him, like when he's on the bus and everybody around him's on their phones or whatever, and they look like they're dead. They all look like zombies. They're I'm gonna all kinda... watch this. I'm gonna watch Sean again this week. <laughs> uh, but then he passes the the guy on the bus stop and he collapses. Right. So it's like they're totally showing you this is coming. This is happening. It's almost prophetic. Right, but focus on Sean. Right. <laughs> but this is all happening around him, and yeah. it's not just here. And I think they successfully do it um, probably the best. Well, and there's a sen- certain sense when you get to the, the good old boys at the end of the remake night. I don't know. I don't have that sense of gloom and like world-ending chaos that I did from the actual right. original Night of the Living Dead. It seems like these guys kind of have the situation under under control. More so than I mean, they've got the like the fight, right, in the ring. That's mm-hmm. fun. It does make but, me think, but I mean, that could be an intentional choice to be like, okay, here you enjoyed this fun movie. It's gonna branch to Dawn of the Dead, but it's also gonna branch to Return of the Living Dead, and also like you know, eh, it'll branch to anything. But again, not to keep continuously referencing it, but they do cover that in Walking Dead. Like it's it's uh, what the the gun wielding. Uh, farmer guys are doing at the end uh they're coping and the whole the whole show is about how how do these people how do people take this situation and because of their personality what do they do with it you know do they have mma fighting with zombies or do you make yourself into a dictator (laughs) and create a community and make everybody work for you do you put a bunch of zombie heads on stakes and right or in aquariums like what yeah. are you what are you doing why what is it that you were before like there's sometimes where some of the communities are created someone was a local mayor they took their governing mayor. ability mayor mayor i'm gonna be mayor <laughs> so you're 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 in charge of what three thousand people in your small town and now here you are able to build a community that's able to function because you're 
you were able to govern correctly. And then the person who's a narcissist takes it to a different level. And there's the guy that's the, the military guy. Right. You know, and there's the police officer. There's and a then there's lot. The, uh, so it's, to me... And then that, there's the battered wife. The battered wife. I but mean, th- this all these ending, people react differently. You know, what does the lawyer do? The lawyer wants law. That's what their life is all about, law. And here's a lawless society. So I think the end of this movie kind of shows you this could be just the very beginning of the chaos because these are the people that are in charge now. Well, and yeah. I think the original <laughs> one gives you this feeling mm-hmm. of like the chaos has just begun. Now what? And this right. one's more like the chaos has begun. Now what? Like it's just a different thing. Eh. <laughs> But I do like the ending. I think it's neat. The cool like freeze frame thing and the direction mm-hmm. jumping between her gaze and like the fire and stuff. That's really well directed. But my other aha moment. That had a Texas Chainsaw feel to it. It did. I, when I saw that. All I sure needed did. was the meow. <laughs> but uh, this movie really does give me this feeling that like all of these movies are just a game and you can just reset the pieces, change the roles, and play it again. Mm-hmm. And I kind of mm-hmm. wish that was like a cooperative video game. Like, give me a Friday the 13th, the game, but it's me and my four buddies, and we all have to pick from limited roles, and we're in a house, and the slow zombies are coming. And don't mm-hmm. bother with fast zombies and exploding zombies and airplane zombies and all the nonsense zombies they put in those video games. Give me a game where the only game is don't attract the horde, don't fight with each other. And see how long we can last. Because I think it'd be fun every time. It's a very intellectual game. Yeah. That's what I want. So much. I want the brain game. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's when I kind of signed on to direct a stage play version of Night of the Living Dead. That's what intrigued me, was that dynamic. The character dynamic closed up in a house. Because... It's almost it's it it cries for a stage play, because you're just yeah, sitting there really watching does. watching these people go at each other's throats. It's almost like Twelve Angry Men in a jury room, but with the element of possibly dying. But you know you're you're locked in a house with people you don't know. You don't the, just the dynamic of personalities. It's it's perfect. It's the perfect thing for actors to do. Just give them the situation and. Go. If you play. don't make a short film for the remedial film class called 12 Angry Dead, <laughs> I'm going to resign. <laughs> Wait, would it be people stuck in a house or would it be just 12 zombies? You got to write it, man. I just need <laughs> that. That, that name is too perfect. 12 Angry Dead. 12 Angry Dead. <laughs> you throw a comma in there. I love a comma in a title. 12 Angry, comma, Dead. 12, comma, Angry Dead. Where's Simon, where's Simon Pegg? Get me Simon Pegg. We'll make that. That would be interesting. I just love that dynamic. Dan does love a comma in a, in a title. I love he a comma, does. guys. He'll, he'll, he'll always say he it. He always says it. Yeah, it's like Silent Night, comma, comma, Deadly Night. Eyebrows. Eyebrows. Keep hoping for Garbage a uh, Blu-ray re-release of parts three through five, if we can get those out, guys. Silent Night, comma, Deadly stop Night, it. five. No, stop giant it. Giant Pinocchio monster guy. Heck, yes. <laughs> Attack of the uh, Misfit Toys. Hey, guys. Uh, <clears throat> according to the MDIB, you guys might know it as the IMDB, but you and I both know you're supposed to pronounce yeah. it as a word. Um, yeah. MDIB. MDIB. Your friend and mine, Tom Savini, is currently slated 
to direct an upcoming film called Nightmare City, a hmm. zombie flick, which shares its name with another film called Nightmare City from 1980, directed by your friend and mine, Umberto Lindsay. Nice. Which what? almost made it into our spring break because in this one, the zombies use machine guns and knives. Stop it. It's bonkers. Also, they invade at one point the set of a, um, an aerobics TV show. Yes. Because it's 1980, baby. Yeah. Yes. It's not the 80s without aerobics. It's fun. I think it, if, that, if I remember <laughs> right, that one ends at an amusement park and there's like grenades. Yeah. Wow. We ought to watch that sometime. Hmm. Is there a break for that? <laughs> <laughs> if you give me an all Italian zombie movie break, we gonna do it. Honest, I think I time. already promised you don't have to watch Zombie Holocaust though. Yeah. So maybe, maybe not. We should probably we should probably get a few Spielberg movies in there before we watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Nightmare mm. City. <laughs> well, we can talk to Tom about that when we get him on. Oh man. Sure love that Tom Savini guy. He really is fantastic. He's, He's fantastic. What a, what a gentleman. He's the coolest. Fantastic. It's funny. I'm going to leave you the DVD because there is a, uh, there's a commentary track from him, which is mm-hmm. pretty good. And then there's like a document, not a documentary, but like a vignette. And he does, it's like a pretty good interview with him. And you get to see the room. And, gotcha. And, uh, you know, he tells you, a little bit about his career and stuff. It's 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 pretty good. And then they t- they show you, they juxtapose scenes from the original with scenes from the remake, and they show you uh, comparison. So I say you watch it. Maybe not tonight, but some night. Okay, I will. It's worth it. Should we tell George that he's hit the end of his spring break and he's got to go back to work next week? <laughs> no. Spring breaks. Spring over. breaks over. SWAT team's already been called. Pepper spray deployed. SWAT. Spring break's yeah. over. <laughs> Zombies are in the shed. <laughs> you can you can end it with your own uh, viewing of Sean if you want. I kind of want to watch it with you, though. It is a free country. Maybe we should do that as like bonus content. Just watch Sean with George. And then oh, such a I love Sean. We could actually do that so, if you guys want to. That'd be cool as hell. A girl in the garden. How about we do a live stream from She's YouTube? So pissed. She's so drunk. If we have enough subscribers on YouTube by the time this episode is set to debut, we'll follow it with that. But more likely, what we could do is our own commentary track. You know, watching with George. Okay, I'm good with that. It'd be fun. We can point out all the shit he missed. Yeah, he'll be like, "Oh, it's like a whole nother movie." I'm we'll like, yeah. Now that you know what the hell you're looking at, it's a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you thought you liked this movie before. Exactly. I, I I watched that opening scene with the next day so many times. I just love how perfectly that fits together. Yes. Genius. So much foreshadowing. Yeah, we'll have to definitely do that. Bonus. But we do need to tell George what he's watching next time. Travis, tell him what he's won. Is this like the first movie of season three? This is season no, this two, is part two. Season two, part two. Okay. <laughs> season two, part two. Um, Second semester. Season two. So, George, we are going to start season two, part two, 
with a little art house film called 28 Days Later. Wait a second. Do you second. know what that is? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. It's like a love letter is. to the SA-80. You don't know what that is either, do you? No. The L85A1? When I say 28 Days Later, what pops in your head? Fast Zombies. Oh, no, this is the Hugh Grant one. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's different. Cheerio. <laughs> I don't have a Hugh Grant impression. I've never seen it. I'm not foppish enough. Okay. Well, but from what I hear, it's uh pretty ridiculous. It's a take. I think it was groundbreaking, wasn't it? It's like, a take on, it was on the genre. Very different. It's a take on the genre. We'll say that. How's that? Yeah, that's fine. I'm down. Bull pups. <laughs> Lots of them. Bull pups all over the place. Bull pups. Bull pups. Needless to and say, has... we're going to have a substantial guns, guns, guns. That's all yes, I'm saying. Mm. You're going to need that theme song. Yes. We should do <laughs> guns, guns, guns to the tune of girls, girls, girls. Guns, guns, guns. Da, da, da. You guys can riff that on live. We definitely could. We could play that live. Dude, fuck it, we're doing live. <laughs> So you may be bummed that spring break is over, but you're back at work and your boss is out of town, so you get a day to goof around and watch a movie. That's how it's going to feel. Yes. Also guns. Thank you for joining us on the Remedial Film Class Podcast. As always, you can find us at facebook.com slash remedialfilmpod. You can also join the extra credit discussion group at facebook.com slash groups slash remedialfilmpod. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Search for Remedial Film Class Podcast, where we're putting all new content and as well as some exclusive little special features for you. And if we hit a certain benchmark, we'll be able to start broadcasting live, which is just a terrible idea, but admit it, you're kind of interested to see what would happen. Plus, it's a good forum for us to have Travis pressured further to eventually remake Clerks with the script of Night of the Living Dead, but also he has to hit his head on a rock. I think I kept that straight. I'm not really sure. We'll see you back here next week for 28 Days Later.